We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. What a privilege to be in your presence today, Lord. What a privilege to feel your sweet presence, oh God. We could have been anywhere else in the world today. We could have been apart from you, oh God. But we're here this morning in your house and in your presence, oh God. We are so thankful, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn to the book of Matthew, chapter number 14. Begin reading in verse 22. Let me say what uh, a thrill it has been for me to be here in New Jersey these last couple of days. I have enjoyed myself. Uh, You have a great pastor and wife. Praise God. They're a great couple. Now, I've, I've been around Brother Wyatt quite a bit. I have not been around Sister Wyatt all that much. But I know she's a great lady. Anybody that can put up with Brother Wyatt all those years and time has to be a great lady. So I'm just going to take it on faith. Praise God. Praise God. And it has just been a thrill for me to be here. I feel the sweet touch, the sweet presence of the Lord here this morning. And I want to be obedient to the Lord and just do what God wants done today. Deliver the word of the Lord and then get out of the way. Uh, He's the most important one. If I'm not here, it doesn't matter who's standing here. As long as they deliver the word of the Lord and he gets glory, that's all that counts. Praise God. He used a, a donkey and a rooster in the scripture to preach two of the most powerful messages If anybody just puts themselves in his hands, he can use that individual. Praise God. Matthew 14, verse number 22, it says, And straightway, or immediately, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. In uh, Mark's Gospel, Mark writes about this same account. In Mark's Gospel, it says, while he was up on the mountain praying, he saw the disciples in the middle of the sea. It's not my message, but I want you to know God sees you in the middle of whatever storm you may be in. There's no situation that you can be in today that God is not aware of exactly where you are and He has His eye on you. Praise God. Verse 25, And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. 
And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Don't forget the wind is still blowing. The waves are still boisterous. The ship is still rocking back and forth. But here Jesus is right in the middle of all that. Say, don't be afraid. Be of good cheer. It's me. I'm here. Praise God. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. The book of Ecclesiastes, two verses of Scripture, very quick. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Ecclesiastes chapter number 7, verses 13 and 14. And it says, Consider the work of God. For who can make straight which he hath made crooked? Verse 14, In the day of prosperity be joyful, but... In the day of adversity, what does it say to do? Consider. God also hath set the one over against the other. He's in control of every situation. He controls the joyful days and the days of adversity. To the end that man should find nothing after him. You won't have an excuse is what that's saying. In the end, you won't be able to look at God and blame God and say, the reason I didn't serve you is because of this adversity that came into my life. I want to talk to you this morning on a very simple subject. There's a miracle in your storm. There's a miracle in your storm. You can be seated this morning. Life is much like the ocean. It is seldom calm. As quickly as the winds from one storm subside, the horizon dances with the clouds of another storm that is quickly approaching. Serving the Lord doesn't exempt you from the storm, for indeed the Scripture tells us the rain falls on the just and on the unjust. The storm in our text overcame the disciples while they were doing exactly what the Lord Jesus told them to do. 
It was God that commanded them to get into the boat and go over to the other side. However, they learned a valuable lesson that night in the storm. It is a lesson that I want to share with you this morning. They discovered that the Lord Jesus was their miracle, even in the midst of their storm. Now, to give you some context with this passage of Scripture, the Lord Jesus has just multiplied the five loaves and the two fishes to feed the hungry multitude of 5,000 men plus women and children. The, the little boy that brings that lunch, his mother made enough lunch to satisfy him. But when Jesus touches the little bit that he has, it turns into enough to satisfy everybody around. You may just have a little bit today, but if you put it in God's hands and allow Him to touch what you have, it will satisfy those that are around you when you begin to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. What a miracle that was. How exciting things must have been around the Lord Jesus that day. The atmosphere was charged with the buzz of conversation about what the Lord Jesus has just done. He multiplied five loaves and two fishes enough to feed 5,000 plus men or plus women and children. But now, the crowd is headed home. Can I tell you that although we enjoy the rush of the miraculous, we must also face the reality of good things coming to an end. The last day of family vacation. I hate that day. The last day as a child of summer vacation. Oh, it's terrible. The last service of the revival finally ends. The, the camp meeting comes to a close. Youth camp is finally over and everybody has to go home. Or the conference has ended and, and everybody packs up and makes their way back home. These are the times that really test our spiritual mettle. What do we do when the miracle concludes, what do we do when the fervency of the moment fades away? What do we do when the music dies down? And when it was going good, we were all up and we were clapping and we were happy. But what do we do when there is no music? What do we do when our friends are no longer there? What do we do when the atmosphere changes so drastically? I'm in a faith-filled room this morning, but you know your situation. Some of you will leave out of this sanctuary and you'll go home to a home that doesn't have the Lord Jesus in there. You'll go home to a situation that you don't really like and you wish it would change. 
What do we do when we go from a spiritually charged environment where we feel and we believe and we know that anything is possible, but we go back to the real world? What do we do when we go from the mountaintop experience and we plunge immediately into a deep, deep, dark valley? Faithfulness to God is about more than just dwelling on the mountaintop. It means that we keep on keeping on even when the way gets rough and even when the opposition against us is strong. It means we keep on living for God when the report comes back that we dreaded to hear and we did not want to hear it. It means we continue to serve the Lord even in the middle of the crisis that we may be in. You see, it's one thing to shout at camp meeting, but it's another thing altogether to show up on a Thursday night for Bible study and dig into the Word. Of God. It's one thing to shout on a Sunday morning, but it's another thing to show up for prayer meeting on a Saturday night and do the hard work of prayer so we can feel what we feel on a Sunday morning. It's one thing to shout when everything is going well, but it's another thing to shout when nothing is going well. It's one thing to shout when you're in good health, but it's another thing to shout when you've got pain in your body and you You don't know what the future holds. It's one thing to shout when all the bills are paid, but it's another thing altogether to shout when they're getting ready to turn your electricity off. It's one thing to shout when you've got no trouble in your life, but it's another thing to shout when crisis comes against you. You see, I'm talking about faithfulness to God. And faithfulness to God is not determined by your present circumstance. I'm preaching this morning. There's a miracle in your storm. That thing that you've been fighting against... That thing that you've been pleading with God, no God, I don't want to go down that pathway. That that thing that you've been resisting with every fiber of your being, I don't want this to happen in my life. I'm here to tell you there's a miracle in your storm. When Jesus commanded His disciples to get into a ship and... Go wait for them on the other side of the sea. He knew they were sailing into a storm. As a matter of fact, it could be argued that He's the one that sent them into the storm. He knew before that little ship ever cast off that a storm was gathering on the horizon. The weather may have been fine where they were. The skies may have been blue as far as they could see. But just up ahead a little ways was some bad weather and He knew. 
Everyone may have been elated by the miracle that they had just taken part in. They were still talking about the five loaves and the two fishes. No doubt Peter and John were punching one another. Did you see? When he began to break that bread. And, and Peter maybe said, oh, but before that, did you, did you see when he blessed it first? Oh, I felt something when he was talking and he began to break the bread and the fishes. And did you see all the baskets that were left over? Oh, it was a wonderful time. But he knew where they were going. And when they got into that boat, camp meeting was coming to an end. When they got in that boat, the miracle of the loaves and the fishes was over. When they got on that boat, the joyous time and the mountaintop experience was coming to a close. He may have been the only one that knew it, but he knew what they were getting ready to sail into. I want you to know that he could have turned the storm away, but he didn't. He could have planned a different route for his disciples, but he didn't. He could have delayed their launch until he knew the storm would have passed on by, but he didn't. He could have even given them some warning, you're about ready to go into a storm, but he didn't. He knew that regardless of what came upon them, he was going to take care of them if they remained faithful. He knew that no storm could wrestle them away from the safety and security of his hand if they just responded to the storm in the right way. He knew that they needed to discover that miracles are not just things that happen on sunny afternoons when somebody brings me a lunch of five loaves and two fishes, but miracles are things that happen in the middle of whatever crisis you find yourself in. He knew like only he could know that they needed to see there was a miracle in their storm. Can I preach to you a little bit this morning and give you some news that you probably don't want to hear? There are times in your life that God will send you into the storm. There are times that He will allow you without any forewarning to sail headlong from the mountaintop of joy into the deep valley of despair. There are times when He sends you into circumstances that He has prepared for you that He already knows they're going to be contrary and He already knows the wind is going to be blowing against you. There are times where the seas are going to rise and the storms are going to toss the boat of your life to and fro. He knows that you will face some heavy turbulence. He knows that you will walk through some dark valleys. He knows that you will endure some fierce storms. But He also knows that those storms are going to be the thing that teaches you what you need to learn. That you can't learn anywhere else. It's not that He wants you to suffer. 
It's not that He delights in your hardship, but rather He wants you to learn some things about Him. He wants you to learn some things about His character in the middle of the storm, just like His disciples needed to learn something from that storm. You see, there's a reassurance that comes from seeing the miracle in the middle of the storm. And the next time you get in a storm, you already know, hey, I don't have to worry. If you know my life is in His hands, if you know my life belongs to Him, if you know that you're doing everything you should be doing when the storm hits your life, when the storm hits the church, you just buckle in and and put your seatbelt on and you get ready for the ride because you know this storm is not designed to kill me, but this storm has been designed to bless me. This storm has been designed to put something in me that I need or take something out of me that I don't need. It's been designed to bless you. God is going to be with you in the storm. There's a miracle in your storm. Defeat often teaches us more than victory. Adversity does more to strengthen us than comfort and ease does. You go to the gym. You ain't getting fit by just walking around and looking at the machines. That's a nice machine there. I think I like that. Look at that treadmill. That fellow's sweating there. Good for him. That guy got on the stepper. Wow. I climb enough of those as it is. I think I'll leave that one alone. Look at all that weight on that machine. My, those machines have been designed to bless you. Those machines have been designed to make you build some muscle. To, to build up your strength and endurance. Just like the storm has been designed to strengthen you. And we learn more in times of adversity than we do in times of comfort and ease sitting on the couch at home with our feet up. Storms as terrible and as tragic as they are teach us far more than the peaceful times of our lives. We learn more about the provision of God. More about the blessing of God. You know you didn't have enough money to turn your lights on. You know you didn't have enough money to go buy those groceries, but the knock on the door came and and you opened up the door. And I can tell you, I remember the time as a young boy when my family gave everything they had to give. And they went to the city of Waterbury, Connecticut in 1975 with five uh, four children, excuse me, a mom and a dad, and 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 uh, the the I remember the real estate agent t- looking at my dad and and tell him you're crazy. There's no way you'll find a house with this many rooms for the price you want to pay. And I can remember the call coming in the very next day. Hey, Reverend, uh, uh, I, I gotta show you a house. Something just happened, and it, it's in your price range, and that's the house I grew up in, and that.
that's the house where we heard the knock on the door and we opened up the door and nobody was there. We lived on the corner lot. Nobody was around for miles that we could see. But there were groceries on the front porch. When Solomon command, commands us in Ecclesiastes 7 and 14 to be joyful in the days of prosperity, you better hear that. Go ahead and enjoy those days. Go ahead and take advantage of those days. Be joyful when you've got days of prosperity. But in the day of adversity, consider... He was recognizing the timeless truth that when things are going well, enjoy it. But in times of trouble and despair, and in times of crisis, we need to take a step back and reflect upon our lives and consider why does God have me here? If He is in control of my life, and does anybody believe He is? Now, if you've given Him your life, But you've turned around and said, no, I don't want to do that, God. I want to do it my own way. If you said with your lips, yeah, you can have my life, how many of us Oh, God, if you just fill me with the Holy Ghost, I'll give you everything. But then he tells you, I want you to do this. No, God, that, that wasn't in the deal. You know, when I said everything... There was some stuff over here that wasn't in everything. I wasn't thinking about, you know, I got caught up in the emotion of the moment when I was saying that, you know. And, and there's some stuff I still want to do in this life. There, there's some things I want to try out in the world. Now, if you're living like that, then I'm sorry. I don't have much scripture for you. But if you put your life in His hands... And you're doing everything He's told you to do. You're living according to the book. That's a safe place to be. I don't care what storm hits your life. I don't care what crisis hits your life. He's prepared you for it already. He's made a way for you already. That's a great place to live in the hand of God. There's something about a trial. There's something about adversity that causes us to cut through all of the facades of life. Life and strike down to the heart of the matter. So Jesus, knowing full well that He's sending His disciples into the terrible storm ahead, bids them farewell and sends them into the storm. This storm wasn't just a minor squall. This storm wasn't just an evening thunderstorm. This storm wasn't just a little rain shower. These were seasoned fishermen. They were experienced sailors. And on that night they encountered a storm the likes of which they had rarely, if ever, seen before. I marvel at the ferocity of a storm that would strike fear into the hearts of men like Peter and James and John. Men of the sea who had grown up on their daddy's boats. These guys had seen a few storms before. They'd experienced some rough waters before and they've always made it through. But on this night, on this storm, it was a different story. Fear struck their heart. 
Here they are all alone, they think. Jesus is not with them, they think. And all of the sudden, the quiet night sky gives way to a ferocious storm. The stars disappear one by one as the dark, ominous clouds grow to cover the horizon. The wind whips up against them. The waves begin to toss the boat to and fro. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody today that you've been there before. Perhaps you're living there right now where your boat is tossing back and forth and you don't know what's going to happen in this situation you're in. First, they lose their way. Then, they lose their strength. And finally, they lose their hope. It seems as if the storm will destroy them. But just when it looked as if all hope was gone... Just when it looked like all hope was lost, someone noticed something out there in the storm, and it made him even more afraid. There's an otherworldly shape moving across the waters. Fear gripped their hearts even more. Somebody cried out, It's a spirit! And then with one voice, Matthew 14 and 26 says, They all cried out for fear. Can you imagine the disciples, the same ones a little bit later, that said with boldness, silver and gold, have I none. This situation doesn't frighten me, but such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they took him by the hand and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength and he went walking and leaping and praising God. Those same disciples in the middle of a storm in a boat that's taking on water, in a boat that's rocking back and forth, the Scripture said they all cried out for fear. I, I picture Peter. He's this tough guy, fisherman. He's always jumping to the forefront, right? He's the one that whips out the sword and cuts off the guy's ear when Jesus about ready to be crucified. He, he's one that takes charge of the situation. Can you imagine Peter? Ah! Help me! I'm going down! They all, it says, cried out for fear. It was all they could stand. As if the storm was not enough. Now there's this spirit walking across the water. But after a moment, they begin to recognize that what they saw out there in the dark walking on the waves was their miracle in the storm. I don't know who recognized it first, but someone came to a sudden understanding that we're not alone out here in this terrible tragedy. The Lord Jesus Christ is with us. Right at the moment when it seemed they would be swallowed up by the storm and never heard from again, there comes this familiar voice drifting upon the wind. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. 
I want to remind you, the wind hadn't stopped yet. The waves hadn't stopped rocking that boat yet. They were still uh, almost ready to go under. But here he comes. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. I want you to know you can trust him. Some of you have been fighting against situations that he's brought to your life to teach you a lesson. Some of you have been bucking up against the will of God for your life because it's a hard road to travel down. He never said it would be easy, but he said he would be with you. He'll walk every step with you. He'll walk every mile with you. He's here today. He's talking to some of your hearts right now. And he's saying, it is I. Be not afraid. Be of good cheer. Don't let that storm frighten you. Don't let that storm make you afraid. Get your eyes off the storm and put your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a miracle in your storm. Can I tell you today, the Lord Jesus is the miracle in your storm. He is right there with you in every storm of your life. You will never face the winds alone as long as you belong to Him. Now again, if you're doing your own thing, then all bets are off. You're on your own. But if He's with you, if you're with Him, You'll never face the winds alone. You'll never struggle against the stormy seas by yourself. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's with you right now. Even when you can't see Him. Even when His hand is not evident. Even when it seems you're all alone. If you would just listen to the wind today, you would hear that familiar voice. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Somebody needs to realize this morning that the miracle you've been looking for is walking right beside you. The miracle you've been longing for has been there all along. The provision you so desperately need is striding across your storm this morning. You're a collision course with the miraculous provision of Almighty God. He hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't forgotten you. He didn't send you into the storm to die. He sent you there for you to see and recognize He is the miracle in the storm. Praise God. Perhaps our greatest challenge is to trust Him. Especially for those who like to be in control of every detail of your life. We may know every scripture there is to know about the provision of God. We may know beyond the shadow of a doubt that He watches over us and He will take care of us. We may have been able to give that calm assurance to other people around us when they were in their storm. But it is difficult when we find ourselves in the throes of the storm to remember to cast our own cares upon Him, for He cares for us.
I want to remind you this morning of the words of Hebrews 10 and 23. It says, For He is faithful that promise. We serve a faithful God. He has not forgotten you. He has not abandoned you. He knows right where you are this morning. He knows exactly what you face today. He knows and He is with you in the midst of the storm. He is your shield. He is your strong tower. He is your refuge even in the storm. I'm preaching this morning. There's a miracle in your storm. Let me divert here. Some of you don't trust Him enough to stay on board when the storm happens. But you jump out of the ship and you try to get to your the safety of your own making. You fall back into learned behavior. You fall back into what you've always done. You know, if I give Him my life now, I may miss out on something fun. If I give Him my life now, I may miss out on this thing that's caught my eye over there. If I give Him my life now, I may not get to do that thing that I've been wanting to do. Now, I know what I'm talking about. I look old, but I've been young before. I can remember... Getting ready to go out of my house. I grew up in a pastor's home and getting, and, I, and I, I, let me step back. I grew up in a pastor's home and with a mom that had dreams. My Lord, I am not exaggerating one little bit when I tell you I planned something for three weeks. I get, you know, I, all the plans are in place. There is no way mom and dad know what I'm getting ready to do. I mean, I'm the youngest of the family. By the time I come around, they're just tired. They're just hoping I turn out alright. And so, I plan for three weeks, I'm gonna do this particular thing. And on the, the night before I'm getting ready to do what it was I'm getting ready to do, Mom has a dream that night. And she says, Tom, that next morning, I don't know what this means. I just want to share it with you. Of course she knew what it meant. God been talking to her. I don't know what this means. And I walk out the door that morning shaking my my head, saying to myself, I don't know how in the world she figured that out. God was talking to her in the night. You better thank God for a praying mom and dad. If you don't have parents in the church, you better thank God for a praying pastor and pastor's wife. People that love you, that will stand with you in the middle of your trial. That will stand with you in the middle of the storm. I don't know why I'm here. This is not in my notes. But let me just follow the leading of the Lord this morning. Can I tell you, you can trust Him. I thought to myself, man, I'm never going to get to do that fun stuff. Everybody else in high school, they're having a good time. I'm never going to get to do that stuff. I'll never even have a girlfriend. Cotton pick. 
But you know, God was preparing a wife for me. She was in France at the time. I didn't even know her yet. And we would meet one another in college years later. But she had seen me. She had seen, I never saw her. She had seen me at a general conference in Anaheim, California. We just happened to be staying in the same hotel. God started preparing her heart. And I'll tell you one thing. If I've ever heard from the Lord, there are two times I heard from the Lord that I have no question in my mind. Number one. It was where I was to go after I graduated college. The Lord spoke to me and told me, you're to go back to your home church and you're to labor there and you're to work there in that church. And while everybody else was wondering, what am I going to do? I don't know. I don't have any offers. and I don't know where I'm going to go. And what, where, where's God leading me? I knew all four years of college that I was going to go back to my home church. And I became the youth pastor. Years later, we co-pastored together with my dad. And then in 1998, he retired and I became the senior pastor that I heard from God. And I haven't left there today when other opportunities came up that were a little better because God didn't tell me to leave yet. And the second time I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that I heard from God, it was who I was to marry. You're you're not going to believe this. I was a little bit of a player. Let's not get into that. That that's it's not. I don't, I don't know where I'm. I'm just so far off the deep end. We might as well just shut down and go home and go to Wendy's or something. But it was God that arrested me. This girl he joined me up with wasn't a girl that was loose. Wasn't a girl that was out bending the rules, but she was a praying girl. And God prepared her just for me. I'm here to tell you that if you put your life in God's hands, you may not see exactly what's going to happen. But on the other side of the world, he may be preparing somebody to bring into your life that will be the perfect fit for you. And God can put his anointing and blessing upon your life. The reason we don't wait for him is because we don't trust him. We say, no, it shouldn't hurt this much. I shouldn't have to go through this storm. I shouldn't have to go through this trial. We don't trust God. We trust Him when everything's going good. When He's blessing us. But when He's trying to prune us. When He's trying to pull that thing out of us that He knows down the road is going to be a hindrance to us. Or when He's trying to put something into us that He knows we're going to need tomorrow or three weeks from now. When He's trying to instill that in us. We don't like the surgeon's hands. Working in here. We like it when we're all better. We like it when we get patched up and everything is good. I'm here to tell you there's a miracle in your storm. Here comes Jesus. Walking on the water. 
See how I got back on track here? Here comes Jesus walking on the water. The same waves that tossed the boat, He's walking on those waves. The same sea that threatened to destroy them, the Lord Jesus is literally walking on that. Wherever His feet touch, it turns solid like glass. Calm and still and steady. As the storm tossed the water to and fro, and as the wind blew with all of its terror, the Master of it brought it all under His authority, and He walked on water. But here's the lesson you need to learn. It's impossible to walk on water. Water wasn't designed to hold you up. Even the phenomena of surface tension which allows certain aquatic bugs and spiders to walk across the water falls far short of ever explaining how Jesus could simply walk on water. That which seemed inadequate to support Him proved by the miraculous power of God to be more than enough. Hear me now, because if you ain't, you're not careful, you'll miss this. You'll get caught up in the story and miss the real point. Jesus comes walking across the water. He receives ample support from that which was not sufficient to support Him. The lesson to be learned is that God can take what seems to be insufficient in your life and make it more than abundant. Water is not a stable surface until God shows up. When God says it is, when He speaks the Word, it becomes a surface you can simply walk over. Some of you are thinking about your own problems right now. Some of you are wondering how you're going to make it. You've done the math and you've done the calculations and you don't have enough. There isn't enough time. There isn't enough money. There isn't enough strength. But I've come to tell you that you need to factor God into your equation because little is much if God is in it. You may not be able to pay your bills on what you make. And it may seem impossible to pay your tithe and ever make ends meet. But God can do more with 90% of your income than you can do with all of it. I can't explain it. I just know He walks on water. When Jesus walked... Where it was not possible to walk, he was sending his disciples a message that said, with my help, you too can walk in your impossible places. And then, oh, Peter, boisterous Peter, brash Peter, Peter that had been screaming a little bit before like a little girl, Peter says, Lord, if it's you... Bid me to come to you on the water. And he starts walking on the water. Sure enough. But when he got his eyes off of Jesus and he put his eyes on the impossibility, he starts to sink. And Jesus picks him back up and brings him to the water. Brings him to the boat. Our musicians will come this morning. I don't know where you are this morning in your journey. I don't know everything that you face. But I do know that your current circumstance is all about a faith experience with God. I do know that He wants to reveal Himself to you in a greater measure. 
And I've come to hopefully encourage you to take your eyes off of what you do not have and focus on what you do have. You have the Lord Jesus Christ guiding your vessel. The real miracle in the storm. Don't miss it. The real miracle in the storm is not that he walked on water. It was not the feeding of the 5,000 that happened just before that. It was not that Peter walked on the water. But the real miracle of this story is the Lord Jesus was with them in the storm. That's what He's trying to get across to them. That's why He sent them into the storm by themselves seemingly. Little is much... If God is in it, weakness with God in it becomes strength. Sorrows with God in them give way to joys. Troubles with God in them give way to triumphs. And when they arrive back at the ship, Jesus with one command sends the storm away. He calms the seas and restores peace to their lives. And as they worshipped Him out there on the sea in that little boat... It began to dawn on them. It was never about the storm. (coughs) Jesus only wanted them to learn about the miracle that was in the storm. Matthew 14 and 33. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art... The Son of God. Could it be the reason you're in the storm you're in right now is because He wants you to receive revelation of who He is. When He got on board with them, they didn't have a full revelation of who He was, but when they came out of that storm, and He'd been good to them, and He calmed the seas, and He was with them in the storm, they said, yeah, We see it now. We see who you really are. Truly, you must be the Son of God. What He's trying to teach you in your storm as we stand together this morning is He's not just a God. He's not just one of many gods you may have in your life. But He is the Almighty God. He is the only God there is. What He's trying to tell you this morning is you can trust Him with your life. You can depend upon the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. I could tell you story after story about how God has come through. If you just take my word for it this morning, I'll be done preaching. Or we could go on for another 45 minutes and I'll tell you a bunch of stories. You know God's Word is true. For everybody else. But what about you? What about when you're sick? What about when you get the call that you don't want to hear and the doctor says cancer? The doctor says diabetes. The doctor says this or that that you... We're hoping it wasn't that. Do you trust Him then? What about when the electric company calls and they say, We've we got to do it. we got to turn off your electric. 
What about when you don't have enough money to buy your groceries? Is He still good then? Is He still with you then? He's trying to tell you this morning, I'm with you in every circumstance of life. When things don't turn out right, when things do turn out right, in crisis, in days of uh, when everything is going good, have joy. But when adversity comes, you better consider. You better stop and consider, why did God allow me to go through this? Even Either my life is not in His hands yet and He's trying to get me there, or He's just trying to prove to me that He's with me in the storm and He's going to take care of me. Throw your hands up in the air. Let's begin to praise Him this morning. Come on, I know somebody is in the middle of a storm right now. Somebody needs to reach out to the Lord and talk to the Lord a little bit this morning. Come on, somebody needs to submit their heart to the Lord completely. Here's my life, God. I've been withholding this little part for myself, but now I give everything to You, Lord. I give it all to You today, God. Come on, let's reach out to the Lord. Whatever your normal routine is on a Sunday morning, whether you come down here to the altar, whether you, let's just turn this whole sanctuary into one big altar call this morning. All over the sanctuary, let's reach out to God. If you know somebody that needs prayer today, why don't you minister to somebody? If you're going through a sunny day right now yourself, find somebody that's in a storm and minister to them today. Oh, Jesus, 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 we need you, Lord. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all. You could ask for me according to Hallelujah. Come on, don't let the enemy lie to you. Jesus is here. Jesus is with you in the middle of your storm. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Just what he said. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Fulfill every promise to you. Don't give up on God, cause He won't give up on you. He's able. Yeah. 